Yo, 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 everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Guiding Sports Pod, the soon-to-be number one sports podcast in the world. My name is Sean Guiney. We got a packed episode to get to today. We got uh, we got a lot to talk about. We really do. Uh, we're going to hit really on three of the four Boston sports. Uh, the one team that's being left off for replacing the Patriots with college football. Uh, we're going to get to the Red Sox. We're going to start off with the Red Sox. We just came off a uh, series split against the Yankees. It was a tough series, but I'm surprised that they split. Uh, they got the uh, Rays going on right now. Tonight, the return of Chris Sale for the first time in a long time. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to talk a little about uh, another player uh, in a like, trade that they made over the offseason. Um, going to review that because I don't like that trade, how that trade worked out. Um, yeah, as I said before, I'll say it again. Uh, college football, I mentioned it last week. Uh, big, big news. Big surprise. Uh, USC, University of Southern California, and UCLA uh, are leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten of all teams, of all conferences. Uh, we're going to talk to that, talk a little bit about college football, uh, end the show uh, talking briefly about the Boston Celtics. Uh, they made a trade. Uh, they didn't make a trade. They signed uh, Danilo Gallinari and the Bruins, who are closing in on potentially signing David Krejci back to the team. What is going on there? So we're going to get to that and uh, talk a little bit about the Bruins and then obviously end the show with stuff on the internet. Got an interesting story. Uh, kind of, um, I guess, I guess, I don't know, glad that it happened uh, just because, I mean, you like to see, you like to see that stuff for guys. Um, so that's at the end of the show. But uh, let's just, I don't know, jump right into it, talk about the Boston Red Sox who currently uh, – Almost nearing the All-Star break, their current record is 47 and 40, second in the AL East, half a game up on Tampa, and two games up on Toronto, uh, and four games up on Baltimore. Uh, but they're 14 and a half back in New York. Every team is in play in the AL East. How about that for a second? I mean, everyone knew that it was going to be the best team, the best uh, league. Uh, I mean, not the division, the best division in baseball. But everyone expected four teams to be good, not five teams. Baltimore is one game under 500. They could, they, it could be every team in the AL East is above 500. I don't know if I've seen that before. Um, it's impressive. Uh, and for some reason, the Yankees are just way out ahead of ahead of everyone else. I mean, they started they had a light schedule. They're not that impressive. They they had they still have their issues, and it clearly showed uh, when the Red Sox put up eleven on them uh, in the fourth game of the series on Sunday, nine straight after being down six two, after giving up six runs in the first three innings, after giving up five runs in the first three innings, after giving up no runs in the first three innings. But after that, was it five runs in the first three innings in the first game of the series back on Thursday? They could not not give up runs early in the game. I want to know what was going on with that. I mean, they scored six or more in every game of the series. That is bad. That is a horrible sign. And sure, the Red Sox won two of those games. Um, game three 
on Saturday. The Sox won 6-5. to five. So they put up five or more runs in every game in the series. What is going on with that? That's a sign of bad pitching. Among, amongst other things, obviously. But, like, the, my biggest gripe, again, for, I don't know, maybe the third season in a row, the Sox have no pitching, no bullpen, no starting pitchers. I mean, when's that going to change around? Sale, is there, are we banking that much on, what, 33-year-old, 34-year-old Chris Sale to drop the team ERA probably from, like, the fives down to, I don't know, two? I mean, good God. Like, my hope, and I pray to God every night, I pray to God that the Red Sox trade for Luis Castillo of the Reds. I mean, they're not the only team who's interested in him. I hope they have interest in him first off, but I'm I am certain that there's a lot more teams that are interested in this guy. He's good. On the season, he is uh, three and four with a 2.92 ERA. Uh, he's given up. He's struck out 74 pit, uh, hitters, uh, and he's only given up uh, 23 runs, five home runs. Uh, he's on the Reds, who have the worst record in the NL. Um, I think he would, he would be. I mean, he he'll be maybe the two, number two, maybe the number three, maybe. Because um, my guess is Chris Sale may be the number one. I mean, I don't know if he deserves it, but. Uh, either way, uh, the pitching for the Red Sox is god awful. Uh, the bullpen for the Red Sox again is awful. Uh, sure, they've had their bright spots a little bit, but it's not sustainable. I don't see it being sustainable for the whole season. And uh, that's something that it needs to be addressed at the trade deadline. Will it be addressed at the trade deadline? I highly doubt it because we know this team. If anything, they're gonna, they're going to go out and they're going to trade for you know a, 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 a first baseman because they need another first baseman as well. Uh, Bobby Dahlbeck, um, I'm sorry, he's he's bad. The Red Sox fully bought into him in the second half of last season. I'm surprised they didn't give him a three-year contract, to be honest with you. I mean, the guy has no—it looks like he has no confidence in himself. He has six home runs on the season. Uh, He's batting 209. Uh, No, that's Kike Hernandez. I don't know what's going on there. Oh, no, he's batting 205. Kike is batting 209. Uh, Bobby's batting 205. Um— yeah, that's bad. This he has no confidence in himself. He he was fun for a while. He was a great guy, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's time to move on. Uh, package him, uh, Jackie, maybe Vasquez, along with I don't know Duran, Arroyo, uh, and maybe Phillips Valdez. Just throw a pitcher in there uh, and see what you can get for a massive package like that. I don't know, maybe. Some other pitchers. Maybe another one of the worst, I don't know, bullpens. Package all your crappy players and see what you can get. Do that. That may that honestly may be something good. It may do something good for this team. They may actually, like, there may be an absolute positive if they were to package all of their crappy players and trade them away to, I don't know, for I don't know. And it honestly, it. It would not surprise me if that happened. I mean, it won't happen, 
it would not surprise me if something good comes of that. Because this team needs, uh, they need pitching. Some nights they need hitting. Nobody can hit this offense. I mean, uh, ranking-wise, um, I don't know exactly where they stand. But they're not as good as we thought they were going to be. They were not. They are not as advertised. Maybe that's just me. It might just be me. But yeah, I. I it it they they have their issues. They really do have their issues on both sides of the ball, which is not good. That is not a winning formula. That is not what you want to hear or see uh, if you're trying to make the playoffs. Sure, they may be a couple games above 500, but it's only seven. Only seven games above 500. One series sweep, and people should start, I don't know, shivering at the fact that they are that close to the 500 line. It's bad. Um, I I don't know what to say, except that uh, things need to change, and I don't expect things to change. But uh, with this Yankees series, um, again, they split. I don't know how, because the Yankees are that much better than them. They lost to two games in which uh, Judge and Stanton did not play. Uh, they won the two games that Judge and Stanton did play. So, I mean, I guess that's just baseball. But uh, game one was Thursday. They lost that game 6-5. Uh, to five. Game two was 12-5. to five. I think I said these earlier. Uh, then the Red Sox... Uh, walked it off on Saturday to win 6-5, and then they, I don't know, blew them out 11-6 to Sunday night. Again, my issues with this series is where was the pitching? It was not there. It, it was not impressive at all, the pitching. I mean, I guess kind of be happy that it, it wasn't as, it could have been worse. It probably should have been worse. It really should have been worse, so I'm surprised that they kind of tampered down the Yankees a little bit. My hope is that the next time these two play, which is next week, uh, the 15th. Oh, no, this coming weekend. Yeah, New York. They're playing in New York uh, this coming weekend after the race series. You got three games set there. My hope is that maybe the Red Sox will um, take a game out of that. I don't see them winning the series because it's a three-game series, so either you win or you lose. But... They they just need to they need to focus on the pitching, and if they can't bring anyone in, they got to get better. And I mean that's tough. That's I don't know tough to pitch. Or it's tough to teach pitching to guys who have been doing it for a long time. So I don't know. It's it's tough with the Red Sox. It really is. It always is. You don't. I don't know what to say about them just because they have so many issues. That's hard to like pick it apart, at least for me, because I'm not a baseball expert as much as I am, I don't know, like football and hockey. But, like, it's, I mean, with this team, they're so cheap. Ownership is so cheap. They don't want, they don't want to pay their big guys. I mean, look at Jackie Brad, uh, not, not Jackie, ugh. I don't want to pay that guy anymore. We're going to talk about, talk about him in a minute. Uh, look at Raphael Devers and Xander Bogarts. Devers, more so than Bogarts, deserves a contract. Is he going to get it? We don't know. And that's a horrible thing to think about. Because, I mean, there's no 
tension between the team and the player. I mean, maybe when it comes to negotiating. But he's your young superstar. We saw that with Mookie. We blew that apart. We're seeing it maybe with Devers again, and that's scary because this team's cheap. And uh, I don't think it was, I'm pretty sure it wasn't during my time. I think it was during the break. I guess you can call it the break. John Henry bought the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins um, a couple months ago. Uh, ironically, guess who's playing at Fenway Park in the Winter Classic next year? Boston and Pittsburgh. Wow. I'm sure there wasn't. I'm sure there's no money maybe passed around under the table for that. That just seemed too coincidental. But um, he bought the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, their main two stars, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, been there for a long time. I think during their first cup back in 08. I think it was 08. Um, they're letting Malkin walk because they can't agree to a contract. And even Mal- everyone is surprised down there. Up here, I mean, if that was to happen with us, I mean, we wouldn't be surprised. But down there in Pittsburgh, everyone's surprised. And, I mean, that's what happens when you buy, bring in John Henry. It, it expect cheap, cheap financials, I guess. Yeah, uh, don't expect um, to be handing out the massive contracts anymore. Don't expect to be giving out contracts that players are worth anymore. Uh, I think they just could not agree on. A, I think their final total was maybe like thirty three. I think that's what I heard. Um, they couldn't agree. So Evgeny Malkin, maybe one of the best Penguins players of all time. Top four, they're letting him walk because they can't agree to a contract. And you don't, you don't do that in hockey. You keep the guy for as long as you want until the Ray Borg situation. The guy's career is winding down. He wants to win a cup. You train to a contender. Or Jerome McGinley with the Flames for his whole career. Couldn't win in Boston, but he got traded to Boston. Or signed to Boston, I forget. But uh, now we're letting him, now John Henry's letting Evgeny Malkin walk because they can't agree to a contract. Not surprised there. And uh, that maybe could be happening here in Boston in a couple months. Twice. It's happened twice. Two guys, Bogarts and Devers. More so uh, Devers. Because Bogarts, I mean, he's a great player and all. I... I don't think I would really care if he gets traded or if he walks. I don't know. I've never been really attracted to him as much as people seem to be. Yeah, he's a great player. Yeah, he deserved that $140 million contract. Maybe he deserves another one, around 140 but I think that he wants more. I don't know. I, I don't know. If, I don't. I just don't feel that connection with Bogarts like I did with Mookie or like I do with Devers right now. I don't know. I just don't. I just don't feel it. I mean, sure, he puts up numbers. He leads the team in batting average. Uh, he's a great. He's a good shortstop. Um, I don't really know if I would care if he walks. To be honest, guy's been here since 2013. I'm pretty sure because he was on that team. It's like a rookie. I'm pretty sure. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I would care if Bogarts walks. I really don't. 
But Devers, you got to keep Devers. And if they let Devers walk, I mean, just add it to the list. Add it to the fucking list. Will he walk? I don't. I, I don't know. It re- it really is fifty fifty if they resign him or not. It really is. I mean, the pessimist in me, right? That's a negative one, right? I'm pretty sure it is. The pessimist in me, uh, fully expects him to walk. Uh, the optimist in me, still kind of fully expects him to walk. If I'm being really honest, like that's how much the ownership of the Red Sox sucks. How much I fucking hate them. Like, yeah. It, it, both sides, both the positive and the negative sides of me, think that Devers is going to walk. That's like the fan side of me speaking. Like, if I'm talking, like, I don't know, analyst, like, it, it's 50-50. I don't know. You got it, it has to come down to what the reports are as the season winds down, as, to like, the season ends. It comes down to what those are saying. Because right now, I guess you're not doing anything until the season ends. So we're not going to find out until then. But, yeah, uh, both the optimist and the pessimist in me think that uh, they're not going to re-sign Devers. So that's bad. That's a bad thing to talk about. Um, I want to talk more about the Red Sox. Uh, and looking back on the trade of... Jackie Bradley Jr. and Hunter Renfro. Now, I mean, yeah, we bought, we traded for Bradley for his um, fielding. And we traded away Renfro because of his poor fielding. Uh, on the opposite side, Renfro was a lot better hitter, and Jackie Bradley is dog shit. So this season, um, it looks like Bradley's fielding play has kind of, I don't know, tampered down, uh, slowed down. It's poor. And uh, when it comes to the hitting, guess who is doing a lot better than the other? Hunter Renfro. On the season, he has uh, 27 runs on 49 hits, which is one more than Bradley for some reason. Uh, but the batting average, uh, Hunter, 248, Bradley, 213. Uh, home runs, Hunter, 16, uh, 13, Bradley, 1. Uh, runs batted in, Renfro, 27, Bradley, 25. So there's, I don't know, two close categories. Bradley leads Renfro in doubles. But uh, I would much rather have, have Hunter Renfro than Jackie Bradley Jr. I don't know what the Sox were thinking when they made that trade. It might have been contract related. I don't remember, but my God, it, it it was not working out when he left. What makes you think it's gonna work out a second time? Jackie Bradley Jr. sucks. I don't care how good he is in the field. It comes down. It really, it really comes down to how well you do at the plate right now. That's what this team needs. They need hitting more than they need fielding. So, I, 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 don't, I mean, it had to have been a contract. I really don't remember. But the fact that they traded away Renfro, he was doing fine. His offense was fine. It was sustainable. I mean, you could, rely on, you could kind of rely on him for a hit. I think that's why he made the um, absolute fucking legends list when I was doing that last summer. 
He was like the first one on it because you could count on him to get a hit, to hit a home run, to score a run. With Jackie, all that you can count on him is that he's striking out or popping up. More, more so striking out just because he probably can't even see the ball. Like it's really in front of him by the time he starts swinging. I don't know what happened with this trade. It's awful. Please, Hunter Renfro, come back. Please get rid of Jackie Bradley Jr. I hope that they trade away Bradley at the deadline. I mean, put in Ref Snyder, Rob Ref Snyder, just because why the fuck not? Sure, he's a young kid, but you're let, you'll have flexibility with him. Trade away Bradley, move Ref Snyder to uh, right field, keep him in the starting lineup. He's been fine offensively. And replace Bradley's spot was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what needs to be addressed more. First base, outfielding, you know, like center field, right field. Because even the, even the center fielders are struggling, dude. Jaron Duran, I mean, we got him in the Mookie Betts trade. Jaron Duran is... Poor. Kike Hernandez, I don't know what happened to him. I think he's hurt. He has to be hurt because I haven't really heard of him in a while. Um, yeah, he's on the 10-date injured list. When did he last play? Back in early June against the Angels, it looks like. Um, so maybe when he comes back, that'll be filled. Get rid of Bradley. Maybe just move Durant over to right field if we don't care about Ref Snyder that much. I mean, my God, this team is a fucking mess, and I don't know how we are 47-40 and 40, uh, in the second seed and the best division in the league. I mean, props to somebody. I don't know who. Cora? Maybe to Cora. Give all the props to Cora because offense doesn't really deserve it besides maybe a few guys, and defense doesn't deserve it besides maybe a few guys. And the same few guys, it's the same few guys on both sides, really. Like, Story, Bogarts, Devers, uh, maybe JD. Um, Verdugo's been decent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, this team, there's literally like a couple players keeping this team afloat. Three of whom are all-stars. Devers, Bogart, uh Devers Martinez, did Bogarts make it? I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, Bogarts made it. Um, in any case, I mean, this team is a fucking mess, and I'm just not surprised. It's, it's the same story over and over again. Like, they're never outstandingly good like the Yankees are, I guess, this season. And that uh, Marcelo Meyer kid that we drafted last season, uh, I'm not going to see him for a long time, so don't even think about him. I guess he's doing decently down, I think, double A. I think, I don't remember. I think that's what I heard. But in any case, uh, that's the Red Sox. Um, it's always a negative. And I'm always coming out talking about the Red Sox, not feeling good about myself. So that's another good thing. And that to just add to the list. Talking about the Red Sox, I expect to feel, like, depressed afterwards.
Uh, we're going to switch gears now, um, get over to uh, college football. We're going to be talking about it a lot more just because I love it and I want to see it, I guess, like come back in the region. So my team, Michigan State Spartans, uh, coming off a great season last year. Mel Tucker, he's doing great things. We got a great recruiting class coming in. Uh, we really, we could literally become maybe the next Clemson or Alabama. We're that good. We're on. We're down that much of a rise. People are gonna hate us. People are gonna doubt us. I don't know why. Probably because they're brainwashed by Michigan propaganda. That's so, I guess, prominent in everything. But um, Big Ten, Michigan State. Uh, so I'm a Big Ten guy. Um, Southern California and University of California, Los Angeles. Uh, they're coming to the Big Ten in 2024. Um, I I really don't have a problem with it. A lot of people, I guess, do. A lot of people are wondering why it doesn't make sense. Well, first off, money, financials. Uh, UCLA is like in major debt. Like I'm talking over $100 million in debt. Um, at least athletic-wise. That's on, on the athletics wise. Athletics end. They're in like major debt. Uh, USC. I don't know what was up. I don't know why. I don't know if they have a reason or not. But uh, it comes down to money for both of them. It comes down to money. Um. Both teams, I guess. Apparently, uh, both of the teams. You would think like the Big Ten would reach out to schools. Asking if they want to come in. Uh, that wasn't the case. Uh, USC and UCLA approached the Big Ten about joining the league, uh, which got voted on and uh, approved. I guess unanimously. Um, it got vote. It was unanimously approved. Um, financials again. Uh, they're. More Big Ten didn't reach out to them just because they're more focused on working on media rates deals because a lot of their contracts are ending. Uh, and the new deals, I guess, are reported to be like upwards of a billion dollars media-wise, um, which is insane really to think about for a college program to be getting upwards of a billion dollars financially out of a media rates deal. I mean, that's insane. But... um. Yeah, I, I I don't have a problem with it. The way that I look at it is that I think of it as a team just relocating cities, like the Rams from St. Louis to Los Angeles, um, Supersonics, Seattle down to Memphis became the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, really more so teams switching conferences. I mean, we saw it a, a couple of years ago. Uh, the Astros uh, were in the NL. They moved to the AL. Uh, the Red Wings, they were in the uh, Western Conference. They moved to the East. Um, Seattle, back in like 2004, moved from the AS, uh, Seattle Mariners, not the, the Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks moved from the AFC to the NFC. Um, so I really think of it as just they're switching conferences. You're moving from one side to the other. Uh, now, sure, Big Ten. And Pac-12, they actually have a great relationship. Like, they're one-and-one 
they send two teams to the Rose Bowl to the Rose Bowl every year, um, where they send eight teams to the Rose Bowl every year. So two teams competing for that. Uh, Big Ten, Pac-12. They have a great relationship. So I, I mean, I kind of think just think of it like that. Really, they're switching conferences. They move from one side to the other. Um. So yeah, I, I, there's no issue with it. I hope it's not really gonna be a big. I really don't know if I would like the idea of mega conferences like the SEC is becoming when they bring in Texas and Oklahoma. Now the Big Ten's becoming with USC and UCLA. I don't know if I really like that, just because I'd like to see like an even playing field. I kind of think of the Power Five conferences to be like on an even playing field. Now, sure, there's absolutely the Big Ten, and the SEC are absolutely the two best conferences in football. But I kind of I just want I want to be able to think of all three of them: ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve. Like, on an equal level of, like, talent, skill, teams that are actually good. Because there usually, it, there usually is a decent number from every conference that takes up the top 25. You got a couple group of fives. Notre Dame's usually in there. BYU is usually in there. But they're going to the Big 12. The two independent schools, maybe, like, three or four group of five schools. So, 20... Out of the twenty-five, at twenty out of the top twenty-five teams, are usually from the Power Five. And sure, there's maybe five or six SEC teams that was in the top ten, or you know four or five Big Ten teams in the top fifteen. Big Twelve, ACC, Pac-12. They have their, they have their they have their share. They send in a couple. But I liked, I'd like I'd like to think of it as just like an even playing field, really. Like, I want I want five conferences. I don't want there to be just two outstanding conferences. I mean, if it comes down to it's financially better for the school, it's absolutely going to happen. Just because I mean, who's going to say no to money? Who's going to say no to fucking free money? Nobody. So there may be a little bit of um like a hindrance in it and USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. But, I mean, at, at the end of it, it comes down to just money. It really does. I mean, Rutgers is probably going to get a little money to go out and play USC and UCLA um, once a year because I doubt that they're going to send Rutgers out to California twice a year. Rutgers and Maryland – and I doubt it's going to be vice versa, where USC, UCLA, twice a year, one of the two, twice a year, I guess one of the two, yeah, are going to be sent to the Atlantic coast. So it's probably going to be like once a year that teens on the East Coast have to travel out to California, which is a hindrance, but I'm sure there's probably going to be some type of incentive to doing it. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe that is just, like, the good guy in me. Because, I mean, there certainly isn't a lot of, uh... Like, there, there certainly could be no good guy in this situation. Um, so, 
It could just be, sucks for you, now go play this game so we can make our money and bring a school in money. I mean, that's probably it. That, could, that probably is how it's going to go. Like, too bad, now too bad for you, now go. That's probably how it's going to be. So, that just, I don't know, that's just how it goes, really. Um, I don't have a problem with it. Again, I don't have a problem with this. I just hope it doesn't go out of control. And again, with the Big Ten, they're looking, they're more, right now, they're, they're not at all interested in expanding team, uh, adding more teams in. Um, it's been reported for, I don't know how many years, about Notre Dame joining the Big Ten. Um, just because it's in, it's in Indiana, uh, surrounded by Big Ten country, Indiana University, Purdue are both in Indiana, as well as Notre Dame. Uh, you got Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, uh, just right there surrounding them. So, I mean, it would kind of make sense for Notre Dame to join the Big Ten. But they're only an independent in football. And all the other sports leagues are in the ACC. So, if anything, Notre Dame should go to the ACC. But people are curious, like, the ACC is going to dissolve. Same thing with the Pac-12. Big 12 is not. They're expanding. They brought in a couple teams. UCF, Houston, BYU, I think, Memphis, and Cincinnati. They're bringing in five more teams after losing two. So they're they're staying. Um, when it comes to the Pac-12, there's been reports about a bunch of teams possibly moving to the Big 12. Um, and maybe the Big 10 to where the Big Ten will become a, major, a mega conference. Uh, the ACC, there's no movement. I was reading an article today. There's like a, like every school is like tied to a clause until 2036 that they can't get out of. Um, if schools do want to leave the ACC, it's more than likely going to go to court. It's more than likely going to happen within the next maybe two, three years. That a situation where a team in the ACC wants out. Um, They'll have to go to court, but I guess they're, like, super, like, locked in. And it's going to be tough for them to get out. Like, it's ice cold. Like, it's like a stone cold lock. I don't know what I'm saying, but either way, um, it, it like, right now, the way that the conferences are all set up, it looks like it's going to be Big Ten or SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12. In terms of stability and certainty for the future. So I have no problem with it, at least on the Big Ten side. That's all. I mean, I care more about that. Uh, when it comes to the SEC, like a lot of teams have reached out because SEC and ACC kind of intertwine. I mean, Florida State, they're in the ACC. Florida's in the SEC. Um, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Yeah. I mean, those are just a couple examples. But, um, Either way, college football and college sports in general, I mean, there's been a lot going on in college football, not just the realignments. And I'm talking about this offseason. Not just re- the realignments, but also we could spend another, I don't know how much longer. I can go on for maybe another 20 minutes talking about NIL and that whole shit show because uh, we've seen – we saw players get up and leave their schools that they transformed 
and uh, go chase a bag out to another school. And I'm talking um, major bag, major bag alert. Like, I don't remember when it comes to Jordan Addison. He left Pittsburgh, who had, like, one of their best seasons maybe ever last season. Uh, he's now out in USC. Um, I don't remember. I don't even know if it's been reported on. But he got a huge bag from USC to go play for them. I mean, it's borderline tampering, really. Like, ever since the Jordan Addison situation, that was back in, I think, like, February or March, um, there's been calls for regulations and rules to be put in place immediately for NIL. And I don't blame them. There really, there really should be some type of lockdown on NIL. They really should. It, it's, it was getting bad at some points. Um so, yeah, there's a lot going on. Maybe maybe I'll talk about it next week. I don't know. Depends on what's going on uh, in Boston sports. But um, I'm going to wrap the show. Uh, got a few more things to talk about briefly. Uh, the Celtics, um, they signed forward uh, Danilo Gallinari to a two-year, $13 million contract um, a couple days ago. I have no issue with the signing, no issue with the contract. Um, I think it was a decent signing. Uh, I mean, with Tatum and Brown, it was like the two starters, so he's kind of like going to be maybe he'll probably be a six man. Um, because we got we're gonna we're it the again. I think I said this last week. The starting lineup. I imagine next season it's going to be Rob Tatum Brown, um, Brogdon. Then smart. So with Gallinari, I mean, Al was good this year. Derek White had his bits, but I could see Gallinari being like the sixth man off the bench. Um, he had a decent career uh, down in Atlanta. Um, he was then traded away to San Antonio, who cut him. Um, he's 33. Um, he averaged 11.7 points last season. Uh, in his career, he's averaging 15 points, uh, just over a little over 15.6 points. Um, I can see him being like a six man off the bench. Um, yeah, he's he'll be a decent fit. I, I see this trade. I see this uh, signing working out. Not too much, maybe a little too much, a little bit. Like I probably maybe would have put in I don't know, like 11 and a half, maybe 12. But um, no, I have no issue with this trade uh, signing. Um, a signing that I do have an issue with and hasn't really been made official yet, so I don't even know if it's a signing, uh, the Bruins and David Krejci uh, are <laughs> reportedly uh, coming close to a potential deal uh, that would bring Krejci back to Boston. Um, why? I don't know. Maybe it's just because they're going to maybe maybe it's just because Bruce Cassidy's gone now and uh the two did not get along together, so <laughs> now's the time. Um, to bring him back. Uh but yeah, nothing's been reported on yet with the Krejci signing, but it's it's strong. There's it's a strong, I guess, report out there. That he's coming back. And uh, 
Bruins also signed their new coach, Jim Montgomery, uh, to be their head coach next season and for the coming seasons. I think it was a three- or four-year deal. Um, what's interesting to me is that they announced a signing the day that his contract with the Blues expired. So it got, that, that kind of tells me that this was the guy that they settled on. This was the guy that they wanted the whole time. And uh, I'm not really sure how I feel about that because um, I feel like there may maybe were some better options out there. Um, it was highly unlikely, but I don't know. Guy named Bruce Cassidy, bring him back. <laughs> nah, I'm playing. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guy was decent in Dallas. He got let go because he was, like, an alcoholic or something. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know how I feel about this signing, hiring. Um, I really have to, like, look into it to find a reason. But... I don't know. I'm just, I'm just still shaken, I guess, by the Bruce Cassidy firing. Like that's kind of just how like I kind of feel about this hiring. Is I, w- I wish Brad Cassidy was back. They screwed him. They screwed him badly. Um, but he's out in Vegas now. He got signed by the Golden Knights uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I could have seen him maybe going to like Detroit, a good young team. Uh. But Vegas is good. They got a good team. Uh, they missed the playoffs for the first time in their franchise's history. Uh, so five years. Um, they got a bunch of good players out there, good veteran players. Uh, I don't see that being an issue at all. But I, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't go. He didn't go to Detroit. They did. Detroit did hire uh, an Avalanche, uh, Tampa Bay assistant. So maybe my guess is that. Detroit settled on this Tampa Bay assistant as being their next head coach um, because they made it to the cup final, lost in six, so they couldn't announce anything until his season was done. Um, so maybe that's why they didn't hire Cassidy because they settled on the uh, Tampa Bay guy. But, um, yeah, good for Cassidy. I'm going to be ruined for him. I I, I loved Cassidy. Um so I hope he. Do, I really hope he does well out there in Vegas, because guy he's good. He's a good coach. He really is. Um, he, we just screwed him. It, 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 plain and simple, we screwed him badly. So, um, Jim Montgomery, all the best. Hopefully, it works out. All right. Uh, that's going to do. Oh, wait a second. Yo, we got some. I guess breaking news. Um. We are going to talk about all four uh, Boston sports teams. Um, To the Patriots, uh, and we just made a trade. Um, (laughs) We just made a trade uh, with the Chicago Bears, and it involved a wide receiver. For a seventh-round pick, the Patriots traded Nikhil Harry. Thank God. Goodbye. Fuck you. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on your way out of here. Goodbye. Good riddance. Thank you for making me feel so much better after talking about the Red Sox. 
Wow, that was good to see. Good thing I had to check my phone. I mean, I had to check my phone anyways to go to uh, stuff on the internet. But uh, wow, they treated. They actually did trade Nikhil Harry. I'm surprised. I did not. I didn't think they would, just because Belichick's mindset is, you know, everyone is working for themselves, and he's not going to trade away a guy because we could use him. And uh, with this wide receiver death chart, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that they did trade away a guy for a seventh round pick. That's what he was worth. I'm actually surprised they got a seventh round pick. I thought it would have been like a conditional. Because uh, I think those are, like, dirt cheap, like, worse than a seventh-round pick. I'm pretty sure. I forget. But, uh, good. Goodbye. Jesus Christ. You sucked. Um, yeah. Um, that's good. That's good. That's good news. That is, that brought my day back up. Because, again, I was talking about the Red Sox and how much they suck. So, of course, that had to put me into a depression. Because uh, it's never good talking about the Red Sox. It's always negative, and it always leaves you feeling, like, dirty. You feel dirty as you're talking about the Red Sox. And um, so, yeah, that's uh, good news. Good news. Good. Goodbye. All right. Uh, got to wrap the show. We got stuff on the Internet. And... Uh, Coming from this dumpster fire of an or- dumpster fire of an organization, I guess I'm really not surprised that uh, something like this happened. But uh, then again, I don't know. Uh, Zach Wilson banged his mom's friend. Apparently, he banged his mom's friend. Uh, he his longtime girlfriend. Uh, I don't know her name. I don't care about her name. Um, they broke up. I think it was just like a mutual decision because they both just quietly a couple months ago um, like wiped their social medias um, of each other. So it had to have been, it had to have been mutual because it's only now, now that she's with Wilson's former college wide receiver, Dax Milne, uh, who's like liked the Nikhil Harry. Uh, I forget which team he's on. I think it's Washington. He's liked in Nikhil Harry, except probably better, more than likely better. Uh, it's just that he's way down on the depth chart. Um, she's now dating this guy, Dax Milne. Um, so it's been a while. But uh, it's been a while since they broke up. Uh, but only now. It was after she replied to a comment on Instagram. The comment basically said, homie hopper. Um, it just says, Homie Hopper. Uh, she replied to that comment saying he was sleeping with his mom's best friend. That's the real Homie Hopper. I don't know how that makes sense first off because she also leave, left uh, two crying emojis. That overused emoji. Uh, I don't know how that makes sense, but I mean, that put it out there. And uh, so that immediately like brought up like rumors and stuff. Um, I guess it was all just, it's nothing. It's all, it was just a fake accusation. Um, She later (laughs) turned off her whole Instagram account. And uh, this Dax Milne guy, uh, he turned off the comments. Um, I'm just going back through the article right now. I mean, (laughs) if he did, good for him. If he didn't. Sorry that this is happening to you. Women can be 
assholes at times, believe me. Been there, done that. Um, so, I mean, it's just next girlfriend, fucker, I guess. I mean, what are you going to do? Break up with her again? I mean, she's saying your ex-buddy, because no there's no way that this Dax guy and Zach Wilson are still friends. Absolutely not. Um, there's no way that they're friends. So now that she's out with his, going out with his ex-best friend, I mean, yeah, fuck her. Screw her. Uh, sure, he's on the Jets, but I kind of feel bad for him because he looks decent. Uh, it's just that he's on the Jets, so his career is going to be over in three years. Like it is with Sam Darnold, uh, the first or third round pick, third overall pick a couple of years ago, uh, traded away to the Panthers, sucked last year. Now they brought in Baker Mayfield, the first overall pick in the same draft. Um, so Sam Darnold, his career seems to be over, and uh, that's just how it goes when you're a Jets quarterback. You don't don't expect to be a career quarterback ever, except for maybe Sanchez and Fitzpatrick, but. Sanchez, he was drafted for Patrick with a free agent, so no, nah, they're different. Um, plus, I mean, Sanchez being the, maybe the one decent quarterback that they drafted, uh, he's forever scarred with the butt fumble. So, yeah. All right, that's it. I'm done for the day. Thank you guys for listening. Good episode. Got a lot to be talked about a lot. That was good news at the end. Nikhil Harry off the Patriots. He's on the Bears. Um for a seventh round pick uh, in 2024, I think it was. Um, so that's good news. But yeah, I'm done. Thank you guys for listening. Tell your friends, tell your mothers, tell your mother's friend, Zach Wilson. And uh, how's it fucking fucked up? Uh, tell your friends, tell your mothers, tell your mother's friends and your friends' mothers. And I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>